1: Simpler Communications. ...competitive market, which is why I have an opportunity for you. Check out The Break Junkies on Instagram, at The Break Junkies, partnered with Sports Card Media, at SportsCardMania305 or SportsCardMania.net. Find a variety of box collections with all the top brands, such as Panini, Tops, Prism, and more for every sport. They even have a large assortment of Pokemon Packs and Funko Pops. Every stream has giveaways and affordable breaks when you watch The Break Junkies on Instagram. So give them a follow at The Break Junkies and inquire about their inventory today when you go to sportscardmania.net, the number one source for your collection.
2: This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader knows of all things fantasy
1: what is happening does anybody know when did the NFL turn into the NBA? And what are we supposed to do from a fantasy football perspective? That's going to be the question we attempt to answer tonight. And thank you, MD Nation, for tuning in to the MD's fantasy football show on Belly Up TV and on the Belly Up Sports Roku channel. Catch Zap the show in your favorite podcast app and always subscribe to our YouTube channel because God knows we have content coming out. Left and right. I'm your host, Dan Mater, with my co host, Mr. Christopher Dowhauer. But we got a great guest for you guys tonight Anthony Servino, the founder of FF off the real NFL guru on social media. Make sure you give him a follow. Anthony, thanks for joining the show tonight. How are you doing? What's going on, guys? Doing awesome. I'm uh, so happy to have you here. You had another excellent year, by the way, if people don't already know this, on Fantasy Pros and the ECR competition. Congrats to you, sir. No,
3: you know, it's uh, it's an accomplishment. I always, like, the ever since I got into the industry, I always wanted to get into the contest. And once I got into the contest, that, that's one of the biggest things I, I work towards every year. I think this is my uh, second out of the past three years in the top 15. So. And I don't know where I am uh, for the draft accuracy results will come out later this year, but uh, hopefully I did well there too.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping to close the gap. This was my first year in the competition. I didn't do as, didn't do as, well, as well as you. My first year, I think yeah, I we're came biased on this, in this the show, Anthony. We'll, 70s. we'll we'll give yeah. respect words due, but
0: we're biased on this show.
1: <laughs> that's well, that's about the territory I was in. So I'm I'm looking to try to close the gap. But yeah, so happy to have you on because. I was going to start off this show by saying that I'm glad I named the titles of these shows, the offseason Fantasy Impact, because it's not the free agency of Fantasy Impact. It hasn't been. It's been the trades that have been insane. And there's been years, Chris, you know this, where we've only done one part, just one off-season episode. We're on our third one. I keep having to push back our coaching changes Fantasy Impact. We're going to do that next week, by the way. I have to keep pushing it back because everything's insane. So hopefully Anthony's gonna be able to help us out to make sense of it. We gotta start off with the news of the day, which is Tyreek Hill. Five draft picks for the Miami Dolphins to make Tyreek Hill the biggest paid wide receiver in the NFL. I know there's some uh, there's some talk out there, it's a little bit of a phony money to try to get it up to that $30 million year mark. Regardless, he's still the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL now. Immediate reactions anthony about the tyree kill part of it all at least
3: um you know once i i saw the report come through that he was on his way out uh, i was completely shocked just as shocked as i was about Devonte adams but with both of these players We shouldn't really be surprised because Devontae and the Packers, they couldn't get a long-term deal done last year. And I think it was last offseason or one before that, Tyreek Hill made it known he was never going to take a hometown discount. So we probably should have saw this coming, but didn't because of the teams and the quarterbacks that are, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, how can you want to leave them? But Tyreek Hill choosing to go to Miami or the Jets. That's the mind blowing thing. Tyreek Hill came into this league with a top end quarterback play. Andy Reid, not, you know, he's on top, used to winning Super Bowls, a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. Now you're going to Miami. We don't know what Tua is. Um, do I love the move for the Miami Dolphins? Overall, I love the Miami Dolphins offseason. Uh, this move is all about Tua. Is Tyreek Hill going to make Tua better? Because I don't see Tua making Tyreek Hill any better. No. And, and with the skill set of Tyreek Hill, I think he will make Tua better in a sense where, you know, Tua might not be the greatest deep ball passer in the world, but Tyreek Hill can get separation. Uh, Tua can throw it up and Tyreek will go get it. They can run bubble screens. They can, and especially a guy like uh, McDaniel coming over and what they did with Debo, he can very much do this with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle.
1: Yeah, kind Chris.
0: Yeah, so just a couple of things. Leave it to the NFL, first of all, to upstage, you know, March Madness yet again. Um, first, you know, with all these. You start agencies. with Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady's like, hey, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about your your selection show. Oh, you guys have another thing going on. In your Sweet Sixteens going on. on a, we're just gonna trade our quarterbacks everywhere and players everywhere. Um, yeah, it's like a Madden game right now. But I think for myself, my reaction, Anthony, where's where's Tua at right now? Tua's on my fantasy radar and he's being drafted on my fantasy team next year. That's where Tua is. I love the Cedric Wilson signing. Add this Tyreek Hill. Add Waddle. Add Gasecki. Uh, we're gonna have a good. Still have a decent you know amount of picks, or running back options, I should say. Um, they gotta add Edmund. This team's gonna be locked and loaded offensively. They've really put the pieces in, you know, around Tua. You know, Tua is maybe not the, is the a is known a guy had a cannon necessarily, but let's not get it twisted. This guy wasn't, you know, check down city in college. He was definitely throwing the ball down the field. Um, and Tua, you know, got with a guy like Jalen Waddle, two semi-speed receivers like Devontae Smith. I think Tyreek Hill's gonna fit in there like a perfect charm. And I think really what you're seeing right now is a uh, teams trying to reload it in a sense where if we all kind of talk about what's been strong the last few years in drafts and continue to be strong moving forward in drafts, it's been receiver. And a lot of good receivers coming out the last few years. There are going to be four or five guys probably going to first round or have first-round talent this year. So if you're sitting there and you have a late round, you know, picking the third like the Chiefs do, why not have one of those guys like a trailing Burks maybe added to your team on a fraction of the cost versus paying Tyreek Hill quarterback money? So I think you're going to see more teams kind of push this direction, especially as guys get closer to that 30-year, you know, age group. He's only 28, but I still think you have a you know, questionable injury you know history in a sense. So I think this is kind of what they're Chiefs are kind of you know moving on and kind of reloading in a different way.
1: Look, this all comes down to one thing. It comes down to Tua. He has no more excuses. I know this is going to be mm. yet another year of a change, the offensive mind, you know, coordinator, whatever the case may be. Now it's going to be his head coach, who's an offensive-minded guy, finally. But there's no more excuses. You have all the weapons in the world that Chris just laid out. They addressed the running back position. They heavily addressed the wide receiver position. They brought on Teron Armstead to help lock down some of that offensive line issues that they've had. Everything is on Tua to perform this year. And Chris, I don't disagree with you as far as in Alabama days he wasn't a check down guy. But that's what he's been in the NFL. He was 30th last year in deep ball attempts. Does he break out Whoa. of that mindset? Hold on. Does he break out of that mindset with these speed wide receivers that he has? Now, the one thing I will say, and I think is a big difference with a guy like Tua Lavoa, he's not a contested ball thrower. He's not going to throw it up to the Devontae Parkers of the world and have them go get it. He likes to throw guys to get separation, which is where I think the fit comes in when you have a Tyreek Hill and a Jalen Waddle. These guys are speedy. They get separation naturally just due to their suddenness, their quickness. That's where I think this thing fits, especially centered around a skill set that Tua has. What were you going to say?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that when you, you, you look at t- what he brings to the table is kind of what you're bring, you know bring, talking about, Tyreek Hill and Waddle. And Wilson are all guys who can run underneath routes and deep routes and kind of, you know, tackle different angles, different ways. I think this offense is set up for Tua to excel. And the key thing I think that you emphasized was the offensive line, you know, addressing the offensive line. Definitely solidified, made some great signings, I think, this offseason. Um, I'm huge on Armstead. I know people are kind of questionable, will he come back to be full strength? But, hey, it's only once in a while do, you know, all pro left tackles become available. So I think we put all those things together. You know, this is, this is definitely on Tua, but I think this is also where you can say, He's got the pieces around him to succeed. Um, I think the last couple of years, you talk about, you know him being aggressive down the field. One of his other mindset so much as much as his offensive line can't press protect, and all, in a running game that was horrendous. So I think both those things can be kind of you know solved in a sense this offseason and moving forward. This team really should be in a position to kind of help him excel. The,
1: the the thing is, so there's so much breakdown with this with a trade like this. So let's let's start with the nitty gritty. Tyreek Hill. All right, this is a guy that's been top three receiver, top four usually drafted. Obviously, his value is going to have to take a hit a little bit. The best thing I could comp to this was his 2017 year when Alex Smith was still the starting quarterback on that team. He had 108 targets that year. He finished in half-point PPR. He finished as the wide receiver 8 overall. Still really good on less volume than what he's had the past couple of years. The past couple of years have been insane. He's had 159 targets last year and then 135 the year before. So he was still able to have a top-10 finish with Alex Smith, who I think from what we've seen at Atua – is closest, closest we can get to, right? Cause he's not Patrick Mahomes, more of a check down quarterback, more in line with what we've seen out of us so far. So the question I think here first is Anthony, when you look at Tyreek Hill heading into 2022 or even heading into the dynasty leagues, however you want to we'll break this thing down for him, does he still maintain top 10 receiver status?
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep him in the top 10, but more or less in the back of the top 10 right now, because of, of, of we don't know what we're going to get with Tyree kill in, in a new scenario. Um, so until we see it, I, I can't put Tyree kill my top three to five wide receivers anymore. I, 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 the position's way too loaded.
1: Yeah. I, I tend to agree with that. And just, I'm going through the guys list. I was going to do this with Devonte Adams later on, but I'll, I'll use the same list of guys. I you look at, it, I, you know, if you go Tyreek, I, let's do that. Tyreek Hill or Devonte Adams?
3: Oof, man, um, honestly, I'm going to go Devonte Adams here. Adams is more that possession receiver. Plus, he already has that collegiate rapport. He's already like BFFL with Card. I think that, that 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 that's going to go a long way. Uh, it's not going to take him very long to gel. In, in Las
1: Vegas. Chris Tyreek Hill or Justin Jefferson?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would probably go Justin Jefferson just because I think the consistency is going to be there more so. I don't know the overall numbers, you know, for the season necessarily be so much better or that much different, but I think that consistency week in, week out. What I kind of think Tyreek Hill is going to be, I think he's still going to have very nice numbers. I just think you're going to see it a little bit a little more streaky in the sense where he'll have the college kind of Jamar Chase was last year. A guy that, because you have other guys to kind of feed sometimes or you know guys teams try to take you away or something other guys can eat it's going to be hard for him to kind of be in week in week out you know a top tier scorer but i still think he's going to have you know one of the top 10 scoring average i mean top 10 scoring seasons
1: one more name anthony tyreek hill or stefan diggs
3: tyreek hill um we saw a little bit of a regression out of Stefan Diggs uh last season. Plus we saw a progression possibly out of um out of uh Davis over there in Buffalo. They brought in Jamison Crowder, uh they brought in OJ Howard, they have Dawson Knox. So there's a, a little bit more competition for Stefan Diggs. Uh so I'm gonna go with Tyreek Hill here.
1: So that that's about and that might sound
3: crazy, but
1: no, yeah. I, I, no. I, we're going to talk about that. I don't think that sounds crazy at all, but that is about the range where he comes into. You're talking about somewhere between that wide receiver six and wide receiver nine, I think overall. So he's still a top 10 guy, but maybe I'm not taking him the high end second round, low end first round, depending upon how big your league was like I was before, previous to. Otherwise you're overdrafted. Keep in mind, Jalen Waddle is there. I mean, that that's going to take targets in and of Jill. itself. He had 140 by himself last year. Now, the one the, thing I like about these two is that they're interchangeable, but go ahead.
3: Is the volume going to be there to support both Jalen Waddell right. and Tyreek Hill? Because Tyreek had 159 targets. I don't even have t- uh, Kelsey's numbers, but you know he had a ton of targets in his own right. Is they're going to be at that type of a target share in a McDaniel offense? Because if he's going to do what they did in San Francisco, they're going to be run heavy.
1: That, that's the million-dollar question. I have to think, and, and Chris, you can give me your opinion on this one. I have to think with these moves to get Tyreek Hill, to pair him up with a Jalen wild to keep a Mike Isecki, and then look at the running backs they do get. They didn't get bruisers. They got guys who can run the outside zone and catch the football. It feels like we might see a more, let's say, a more Sean McVay twist on that system than a Kyle Shanahan twist out of a Mike McDaniel. At least that's how it looks to me as far as personnel. What do you think?
0: I'll throw another one out from the West Coast tree, a Kansas City tr- twist to it. And I think you see kind of that that short passing game. You saw Andy Reid kind of you know, make successful in Philadelphia for all those years. And you talked about Alex Smith, kind of what they brought to Kansas City. I think that this team's going to be more of a pass, short passing attack. And let's not forget the West Coast offense originally was the 49ers and it was a pass, you know passing first offense. And kind of like you talked about, Dan, it's using your backside of the backfield to kind of get mismatches as well. So I think you're going to see, too, kind of in his groove. That's why I'm excited about this, where I think he is most, you know, best at kind of throwing the ball 30 to 35 times, kind of spreading it around, kind of having everybody get a chance to kind of eat. So I think it's where you're going to see this offense where you can't really double anybody. And you can't, who are you going to take away? So when you look at their weapons they have in place, he's going to have easy reads. You have that kind of scheme you're talking about where you're going to have easy bootleg action off of that. So I'm really excited about this. And I think that you're going to see a pass more pass-happy team, as you kind of pointed out versus what people kind of expecting, I think, where it's, you know, just because Shanahan does it, everybody else is gonna do it. West Coast system can be many different ways.
1: It's just going to be funny to me because Mike McDaniel, yes, he's the offense coordinator, but he was the run game coordinator and had been for a couple of years previous to that. That's his background. That's what he came up in. It's just going to be interesting to see a guy make a flip like that because you don't often see it, but these moves suggest you possibly could. There's other people impacted by this trade. Most importantly, I would have to thank Patrick Mahomes. We don't. I mean, there's a long offseason to go, and we've been shocked, I feel like, almost every single week with the transactions that have been made. And now the Chiefs do have... The resources to trade up for somebody if they wanted to go that route or what have you, but Anthony, when you look at Patrick Mahomes. Where is he heading into twenty twenty two?
3: Um, listen, I, I'm I I you know you see people overreact. Um, it, it, it's hard for me because to, uh, Patrick Mahomes since he's been the starter, he's been on top. And he hasn't been the QB one every year, but he's been in the mix, almost like Aaron Rodgers in his prime, where if you draft a number one overall, it's safe because he'll either give you a number one finish, maybe at worst, he'll give you a three finish, but you know you're going to get what you pay for. And I feel like that's where Patrick Mahomes is at. Even without Tyreek Hill, they brought in Juju. Now the big one, I know Tyreek's obviously a catastrophic loss. Byron Pringle was really starting to blossom as the two wide receiver in that offense. He's in Chicago now. So and Demarcus Robinson I, I believe he also signed elsewhere. Right now their top receivers are, are Juju and um and McCole Hart and, and Josh Gwart. Yeah. They're bringing in more, whether it's via draft or, you know, maybe they go get veteran free agents. They're going to reload a little bit. Just if I, I feel the same way about the Packers. So, uh, you know, until uh, unless they literally go in with Josh Gordon as their three, I, I, I'm going to still rank Patrick Mahomes probably as my QB three.
1: Yeah, again, it ha- we have to see what happens in this offseason. But for me, when I look at this thing, I look at Mahomes as – I can't put him in that top three conversation. I have him more in the top six QBs and the top three QBs heading into this thing because you take away that deep field threat. You take away the ability for this offense to get vertical. And we already saw kind of a blueprint from defenses last year trying to limit their their vertical ability. And Patrick Mahomes suffering big time as a result for a long stretch there. He's great. He's phenomenal. As long as they get him some weapons, I'm sure he'll be okay. But I do think this moves the needle for me just that little bit to take him out of that top three conversation, at least today, as of March 23rd. We'll see exactly what happens. Chris, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'll be appreciating that because we're in a couple of leagues together. So I'll, I'll be taking Patrick Mahomes, looks like, and, and there are some other but leagues You as take Patrick well.
1: Mahomes anyway because I don't draft quarterbacks that early to start this, this with. Is That's, this is anyway. very true. This is very
0: true. But yeah, no, I think that I think Anthony hit the nail on the head. I think when you look at, you get what you pay for in this guy. Um, he didn't you know, name one receiver he threw to in college, but he had outrageous numbers. So th- this guy doesn't necessarily have to have an alpha out there. And I think that you kind of made you know, a point about Tyreek Hill and some of the struggles they had last year, I think this is going to kind of make this coaching staff and Patrick Mahomes kind of get back on their P's and Q's in a lot of ways. Um, they're going to have to kind of scheme. They're going to have to kind of get back to some of the you know, fundamentals of West Coast offense that like I was kind of talking about. and Stop trying to be you know, one-shot team, throw bombs all the time. Um, so I think this is going to kind of you know, unleash him in a different way, which we kind of saw as the season progressed last year. You know, Patrick Mahomes finished on a strong note, and Byron Prink was a big part of that. But I don't necessarily think Juju Smith-Schuster you know, a talent down from him. So I do no. think there may be an upgrade right there. Um, and I think there's some other pieces in place that you can definitely add. You are continuing to develop veterans. You know, one of the guys who might probably get to is you know, affected by this is Devontae Parker, for example. I like to see Patrick Mahomes get somebody he can throw the ball up to once in a while. So that's where I'm kind of excited to see. Maybe the Chiefs are kind of revamping in the sense where Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a lot of speed guys. And this guy can throw the ball 90 yards down the field, but it may just have the guy have to jump balls once in a while too as well other than Travis Kelsey.
3: You brought up Park. Are you insinuating that he might be on the move? Because that's kind of where it, my I think he goes.
0: has to be. I think he has to be. I mean, okay. basically, you, when you sign Wilson, you, Devontae Parker can't get $8 million to sit on your bench um, and your fourth receiver. So I think that's – Teams he are gonna have a chance to buy low on him and probably as well. So I think you might see teams even maybe right. eat a little bit of his contract as a result of that, depending on what's how you sweeten him with the picks. Um, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a fourth, fifth rounder. We saw you know, Robert Woods get kind of unloaded, which you know, we'll talk, I'm, I'm sure about. Um, but I think that's maybe. where kind of <laughs> you kind of you know move on.
1: <laughs> so much to talk about. Like, I don't even know if we get the Robert Woods news. There's one more player in this trade that I want to talk about before we move on from it though, and that's. Jalen Waddle, because then this is the guy that we know he has the big play capability, didn't get to show it much last year. He was 6.3 yards per target, which is 105th in the NFL. We know that does not reflect the ability that he has, but now that he's going to have to share his development with volume with Tyreek Hill, where does that leave us? I, I feel like it does bring us back again to, to the question of two attack Those gotta show us what he's got. But you're looking at Jalen Waddell from a dynasty standpoint. What do you, what are you doing if you have Waddle right now, Anthony? Are you panicking at all? You're just like, look, this is going to play out and he's going to be okay.
3: I mean, this should be an upgrade for Jalen Waddle because he was dominant as a rookie, uh, as the one. Now you bring Tyree Kill, who's going to command the double coverage. This should free up <laughs> Jalen Waddle even more. And obviously, like we talked, uh, rapport is very important to me. We obviously saw that rapport from Waddle and and, and Tua last year and year two, it's only gonna get better. Uh so I'm still gonna buy into Jalen Waddle. I I did a W or an FFWC draft uh Monday night and ended up with Waddle and and Tua was my QB2. I was kind of kicking myself over it. Now I'm ecstatic. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, all right. I, I have I drafted Fournette the day before he signs. I'm like, okay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, the four net one, that, that really worked out well for going back to Tampa Bay on, on that one. Chris, you okay? You're dying us on over here because I'm about to kick you a question here. I want to make sure you're talking it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you sure about yeah. that? Okay. All right, so. My
0: sinuses, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. If we're buying into Tyreek Hill, still being able to be a top 10 receiver, and we're buying in that Waddle will still be able to be very effective, then by default we kind of have to buy in that the volume is going to be there out of this offense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I mean, absolutely. Go ahead, Anthony.
3: Yeah, I, I, we'd have to assume that because it was Brian Flores, very much a defensive head coach coming from the Patriots and their style of football. McDaniel's going to open things up a little bit. You know, and yeah. then, you know, you guys mentioned Terran Armstead. They also signed um, uh, an interior lineman from my Cowboys, uh, Connor Connor Williams. So, yes. you know, two offensive line Upgrades. I, I think they address that a little bit more. They they can play a little bit more better pass protection, run the ball more efficiently. So this should be a more efficient offense. So even if maybe the hundred percent volume isn't there, they can be a very much efficient with their opportunities because these guys are legitimate speedsters.
1: Well, and to touch on that point a little bit more, Anthony, they, I want them to keep improving that offensive line because that's also the key to giving two at the time he needs to throw the ball deep to these speed receivers down the field too, something he has not had, and maybe that's played a role into why he's had to become essentially captain Checkdown over the past couple of years. We'll have to see. I want to move on, though, to the uh, Deshaun Watson trade of it all. Yeah, remember, Deshaun Watson got traded too, guys. That's how insane this whole news has been. He goes to the Browns. For a a hell of a lot of money and some draft picks to go to Houston, Houston finally has draft picks again. Hopefully they don't hire another guy like Bill O'Brien to get rid of them all again. But for now, they have draft picks and the Shaw Watson's on Cleveland. Uh, We'll put aside the whole Baker Mayfield mess of it all for a second and just talk about Watson. We don't know what his suspension is going to be. We don't know if he gets to play in the month of September. We don't know if it's going to be six weeks. We know nothing at all. Nobody knows. Cleveland structured his contract in a way to hopefully he gets paid out the maximum amount of money he can, even if he does get suspended. But I go back to Watson. I know it's been a year since he played, but I look at that Houston team and they had Brandon Cooks, Wolf Fuller, no offensive line, no running game, no defense. He was still the QB five. If he's not suspended, I'm going to have to rank him inside my top five. Even if he is, he's probably inside my top eight, and I'm getting him at a value. Uh, what do you think, Anthony?
3: Uh, it, it depends on what else they do at wide receiver. If it's just Amari Cooper, because the guys you need, you, you know, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, give me that all day if they add Wolf Fuller, a healthy Will Fuller to Cleveland, which I think happens. Uh, you know, maybe they bring Jarvis back. Who knows if OBJ wants to come back now that there's a legitimate quarterback? <laughs> so they're they're a wide receiver away from me locking Deshaun in my top five, but it just can't be Amari Cooper and, and David Njoku, who will, I, I think David Njoku's finally gonna have a, a, a breakout year. But they need one at least one more. And Donovan Peoples-Jones will be a nice three deep threat.
1: Yeah, Cleveland find is the favor of cutting Austin Hooper. Chris, do you think Watson missing a gear, is that going to hinder him? How long does it take for him to knock off the rust? Or because it wasn't an injury, do you think he's just gonna hit the ground running?
0: Well, I don't think he's gonna hit the ground running. And we saw Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks who's been playing for you know decades now. And when he came back rusty, how awful he looked. So it isn't something you can kind of just flip a switch and you know, pass rush. I and mean, people aren't trying to hit you necessarily in practice, especially when you have that red jersey on. So it's a little bit different when you're out, you know, live action and bullets are flying around. We saw Joe Burrow kind of get struggled in the beginning of the season this year where he kind of you know, came back from his injury. It's a little bit different because the mental thing somewhat, but it's also still, like I said, getting used to kind of live action. You know, um, to- I, what I'm more concerned about with what Anthony was kind of pointing about, uh, my, the volume, I just don't think there the weapons could be in place. Even if they you know don't add any more weapons, I'm down the weapons. I'm more down on the fact that I think that this team, Stavatsky doesn't throw the ball enough, and as a result, you talked about how bad that Texans team was. Deshaun Watson had to throw the ball a lot because they were down a lot. I, I think I'll no, think jump in right
1: there because I had this stat ready for you. He threw the ball 544 times. The yeah. Browns the team threw the ball 520 times last year. Wow. Well, how, bad were the, how,
0: how bad was the Browns last year, and how long were Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb missing games last year? So before we throw throwing stats at me from last year, also put in You're the context of what they were missing. We're talking about volume. At the back.
1: Talking about volume. That's only a yes. And Cleveland matches. was not.
0: That's not a huge Cleveland, deal. Is, is Cleveland's defense better than what you Had in, Texas, you had in Houston? Is their offensive line yes. better? Is their running game more effective? So why would the things not affect somewhat? What twenty-four his, his pass, pass
1: attempts he difference? The twenty-four pass attempts difference does not make up the the garbage time that you're alluding to. That's well, not I'll, enough I'll, for that to be I'll a factor. Go to
0: the year before, where Baker had one of his his better seasons and still wasn't smelling it, you know, top ten in statistics from fantasy
1: wise. Yes, because he's Baker Mayfield that that's the difference. Watson has not had a 600 pass attempt or even over a 550 pass attempt type season. He always finishes inside the top five when he has played. So that's the difference for me. The volume is not the story here. I'm actually more curious on the flip side of this. Does Kevin Stefanski steal some things from the Baltimore Ravens now that he has a Sean Watson? Now, Watson's a better passer than Lamar Jackson. But using what his offense already naturally does and adding in some pistol, adding in some option on top of that, that could also boost Watson's value and maybe he has more design runs heading towards his way. But I'm not with you on the volume being an issue.
0: So why would he run the ball? When you pay this command $45 million, you think they're gonna ask him to That's run the ball the more question.
1: now? That's gonna be the question. Do you has
0: happen anywhere because you else? You
1: pay yeah. him that much money, do you run the ball as much as you did? That is going to be the major question. Uh, now, I don't know the answer to that just yet, other than it's going to be a game flow thing. And in Anthony's point, if they don't add anybody else, then they probably still will be a run-first offense when I'm looking at how they're constituted right now. But I am curious to see what Stefanski does, how does he adapt to now having a quarterback like Watson? What do you think, Anthony?
3: Uh, to go back to your the, going back and forth on, you know, Watson's never had this and that. Going back to 2018, the Texans were 11 and 5, a first place team. They had the fourth ranked defense in, in points. So, and he still that year finished as a QB5. So he is able to play really, really well uh, with the good supporting cast. And he's able to play really, really well without a bad supporting or or with a, or you get what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> with and without. He's good both ways. Right, right. But uh, what were you saying?
0: I think the division is a little bit different than that year or so, but we'll see. it, it,
3: so, it
1: could. Go ahead, Anthony. No,
3: go. What was the question?
1: So the other question was, how do you think Stefanski is going to adapt now that he has a quarterback like Watson?
3: I I mean, look look what Stefanski came from in Minnesota. Uh, You know, when Stefanski was there, I think he he had Keenum or Bridgewater, uh, really good running game. They had Diggs and Thielen, or at least Thielen. So the wide receivers were there. The offense was clicking, and they had a really good defense, very similar to what he's working with uh, in Cleveland now. So I don't think Stefanski's ever really had a quarterback like a Deshaun Watson to work with. I think we're going to see him open it up a little bit more. You didn't trade for Deshaun Watson uh, to continue playing Baker Mayfield football.
1: I, I agree. I agree with you. I'm just going to be curious to see, does that equal more read options or is it just equal him throwing the ball that much more, but to- talking about throwing the football, who he's throwing the football to, you mentioned Amari Cooper a little bit earlier. This is a big boost. Now I actually liked the move for Cooper from Dallas to Cleveland for his own sake. Anyway, just because at this point, I believe Cooper needs to be a volume based wide receiver in order to maintain or even have an upside to his fantasy football value. Now, we don't know if they're going to add anybody else. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. If they do, even if they do, I think at this point, I feel like he's going to be the number one wide receiver. And now he's got Deshaun Watson throwing him the football. So I'm on the mindset I think Amari Cooper can get back into the top 24. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah.
3: I, I mean, Amari Cooper, you know, he's a great what's the word like a disappearing act It seems like early in his stints with clubs, he plays really, really well. And and then he starts going a little haywire. Remember his first year in Dallas, Amari Cooper looked like a new player. And then we saw some regression year after year. You know, 2019, 15.4 fantasy points per game, 2020, 14.8, 2021, 13.5. Even going back to, you know, with the Raiders, 13.3, 14.3, 11.3. 14.3, Fourteen point three, very inconsistent. Year one Amari Cooper in Cleveland should be fantastic. Uh certainly a top twenty wide receiver. I, I don't know if he if I can put him in the top twelve. that, the wide receiver position is way too loaded for me to do that.
1: No, well, yeah. Well, I'm saying top twenty four. If, if I didn't, if yeah. I didn't say that oh, before, yeah, yeah my top mistake. twenty, top twenty. Chris, what about you? What do you think? I know you're a big Amari Cooper lover in this situation.
0: I am. I think you, you know. You talked about a better situation for him. I think one of the things that changed Anthony is CD Lamb got drafted, and he was no longer just the main alpha in the offense. And I think that you also saw something, something happen on the Raiders when he's not Cooper's kind of getting fed like he needs to. And Dan kind of hit a nail on the head where he was a volume guy, I think. Jarvis Landry has you know, been fantasy relevant for the last couple of years, I think, just basically on fumes because I haven't seen a whole lot out there. So obviously, if you can run a couple of routes, you can do some different things. Mark Cooper can do a lot of those things. People want to compare him. You know, we'll have him to Beckham out there. big difference is not just Baker moving on. It's the patterns they're willing to run. Mark Cooper's not afraid to go across the mill. He's not afraid, afraid to go in the slot. He's gonna bring a lot of the options for this team. You saw Stefan Diggs be used very well by Stefanski, and you know Kirk Cousins was the quarterback there as well. So they did, you know, have a little bit more a decent quarterback in play. But you did see him kind of utilize those kind of similar skill sets. So I think that this is a really great move for Amari Cooper in general. Fantasy wise, I definitely think he's a strong receiver too. You know, being borderline bottom line, you know, receiver one, you know, sniffing that as anything kind of hits nail on the head. There's a lot of good receivers, so I'm not going to be too strong on that yet. But I think Amari Cooper, if he's a receiver two on your team next year, you're gonna be super happy.
1: One more player I want to hit before we have to hit the break. David Njoku. Austin Hooper is gone. Deshaun Watson's in the ballgame. He's getting paid $10 million a year. Is this final of the year we look at David Njoku, especially because he's a guy that I don't think a lot of people are going to want to draft super high because he hasn't done it yet? Is he going to be the him to finish inside the top 10 on that lower tier side? That's where I'm going to have him. He's going to be one of my top sleepers heading into this year. I love the outset. I love everything around him and what's going on and his ability. Uh, He's got to stay healthy. It's my only drawback to him right now. He's got to stay healthy, but I love everything going in his direction with his set to finally shine to be the guy that I thought he could be coming out of college. Uh, Where do you at with that, Anthony?
3: If we look at David and Joku's metrics last year, fourth in yards per reception, fifth in yards per target. I I think it was 10th in deep targets at the tight end position. Uh, you know, his, uh, you know, coming out at the combine, his workout metrics were fantastic. Uh, there were three first round tight ends in that draft class, OJ Howard, uh, David Njoku, Evan Ingram uh the only one to stay put is David Njoku and I I believe he has the greatest chance to finally put a career together uh followed by Evan Ingram I I love his destination landing spot in Jacksonville but uh back to David Njoku he's one of my I will say he's one of my top three sleeper tight ends this
1: uh offseason what do you think Chris does your boy finally come through well,
0: I mean, I think it's tough though, because I think there's a lot of super tight ends, Anthony's kinda of alluding to it. there's a lot of guys in good positions. I'm kind of interested to see how it plays out. This tight end position might actually have some you know options for a change going into next year. Um, but I do think Andrew Ku should be the guy. And I think that one of the things they should tell you that is Clean, you know, people are excited about Cleveland maybe getting on the receiver. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. So far they haven't really shown you that they're looking for one. What they're looking for is a guy to kind of clear out. You saw them draft Anthony Schwartz last year. We saw him beatable Jones year before, kind of looking for guys to kind of clear out the one side. A lot of those two tight ends that kind of run underneath stuff, and then the other receiver to kind of move around to the chest piece. So I think you're going to kind of see that kind of them get back to a lot of two tight ends. I think Njoku is going to be the one of those guys who's going to definitely thrive in this offense. And he's going to possibly, he'll be you know, definitely top 15. Will he be top 10? It's going to be really interesting to kind of see because there's so many guys as you kind of go through the league you know, going in. And there's a couple of guys coming in the draft that you kind of, I kind of like. It's going to be really interesting to see, you know, I think, how things unfold.
1: Well, let's sure as hell hope so, because I'm tired of the tight end being a wasteland after the top six. But we got to hit the break real quick. And that's that's how many players that we just talked about off of two trades, guys. we got more trades to talk about. Hopefully some signings to get to here at the end. But we'll be back right after this. Stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Don't go anywhere. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? <laughs> Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra-premium collection. Believe it or not, it's not for your private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Literally, Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Know how essential that Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. But now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with our ultra premium collection. This package includes Manscaped's premium deodorant, hydrating body moisturizer, body wash, and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, plus a free gift a three-pack of lip balm to keep those chappers feeling moist. So get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code Fantasy at manscaped.com. One more time, that's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code Fantasy at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped.
2: You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.
1: Welcome back in MD Nation to the show. You're watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show on Belly Up TV and on the Belly Up Sports Roku channel. Check us out after the show in your favorite podcast app and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm your host Dan Mater, joined here with my partner in crime Mr. Christopher Dalhauer, and we have guests. Anthony Servino, who's already been amazing the first half hour, as I knew he would be. Anthony, I can't tell you how lucky and how happy I was when all this news dropped that we were having you on this week. I was like, this is going to be great. We got more things to talk about, of course. Devontae Adams, he gets traded to the Raiders. Big news, big story. Aaron Rodgers signs with the Green Bay Packers for absolutely no reason at all other than to get the biggest payday he could have possibly gotten. It's not to win championships. It's not to have more weapons. It's simply to get paid. That's what that proved. Let's get that out of the way. Let's dive into the fantasy football of it all. Obviously, this is not an improvement for Devontae Adams going to the Raiders as far as his fantasy value is concerned. The question, I think, is, Where does he slide down to kind of same thing with Tyreek Hill? Where does he slide down to? Now I mentioned some names for Hill. I want to mention some names now for Adams to kind of get an idea of where we're at here. So Anthony, I'll start with you. You look at Adams or Jamar chase. What do you do,
3: man? um, I'm a Jamar chase guy. Oh man. I'm going to, I'm going Adams.
1: Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I'm surprised by it. I honestly thought I, I thought Me you too. would go with Jamar Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how about you? I'll give you the same name.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going Jamar Chase in that case. Uh, I'm, I'm a little more down on Devonte Adams. all some of the other moves I was excited about still opportunity for these guys. I think Devontae's numbers are going to take a little bit of a nosedive.
1: Adams or Justin Jefferson, Chris?
0: I'm Justin Jefferson. I think the other guy I'm uh, talking okay. about going on the SN and continue to be the going be probably the receiver one definitely on this offense moving forward. Adam Thielen's got you know kind best days are you know behind him. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, uh, Josh McDaniels. Who are you going to get for what kind of coordinator is he going to be? This will he be the one you know when the Patriots had all his weapons, or will he be what we've seen in the last couple of years where he's a run for, fast first guy? Devontae uh, Adams a lot of questions for me to answer. So I'm going with the guys. Jamar Chase means a short thing next
1: year. Well, right, we'll stick with Chris because I, I think I have an idea of where Anthony's going to have Adams if he has him over Jamar Chase. So I want to stick with Chris real quick to see where Adams is falling to—Adams or Debo Samuel.
0: Oh, I stay with Adams so on that piece.
1: Okay, so that's where we had the cutoff at. Right about that puts it about wide receiver five, roughly in ADP as it stands as it stands today. I'm I'm not in disagreement of that. Look, the big thing about Devontae Adams was his touchdown prowess. Okay, he always gets touchdowns with the exception. I think one year he had five. Other than that, this has been a big touchdown guy. Derek Carr has not been, especially when compared to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' is 6.3 touchdown rate for his career, but the last two years have been insane. Nine percent 2020, 7% 2021. Meanwhile, last year, Derek Carr dealing with 3.7%. Now, when you add Devontae Adams in that, you figure that has to get a little bit better. But I think that also takes the opportunity for Adams to get 14-plus touchdowns in a season off the table. I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for him to even get to 10. So I think you are going to have to account for that drop as a result of that. And I think that's a real, real thing that he's walking into with the Raiders. That also, for me, that affects Waller in a big way. Because the one thing about Waller is he's volume-based, right? He had one year, he has nine touchdowns, and that was the big year. He was number two to Travis Kelsey. I think that was 2020. Other than that, we're talking three touchdowns, two touchdowns. Everything he gets is based on volume. So how is this thing going to split down in your mind, Anthony, between an Adams and a Waller, both guys who are used to being targeted all the time?
3: I, I think a lot of it is going to go to – uh, Devonte adams but if you go back to Derek Carr the Raiders the year he went to you know he had that MVP run that he got hurt uh that they both went for uh over a thousand yards one had eight touchdowns the other had five uh cooper had 132 targets Crabtree 145 even Seth roberts had 77. Clive Walford, 52. And this was a Derek Carr who played 15 out of 16 games. So we know if the weapons are there, I think we're going to see Josh McDaniel open up Derek Carr. And I was kind of up and down on this Devontae Adams move, but they have the pre-existing rapport and going back and seeing that Derek Carr can be a top end fantasy quarterback and a top end NFL quarterback. I'm kind of in on this.
1: Chris does Josh McDaniels go back to his two thousand seven days. Not necessarily the record breaking production all over the place, but the pace, the the pass first approach.
0: Well, that I think that's the million dollar question because if you had that answer, I'd have a lot more confidence where I think Devontae Adams is gonna fall. Because I think that's what it's gonna take. If this team's gonna to play to kind of, you know, protect your defense in a sense, as New England has the last couple of years, with a little more conservative offensively, and as a result kind of reigned in some things then I'm kind of worried about Devontae Adams' production. But if we're going to see what we saw back then, you know, everybody ate. And the problem I'm having is I look at Janu Smith, I look at Hunter Henry, I look at some of the free agencies. I know there's better weapons necessarily in place that he has right now than he had in New England, but he really did nothing to kind of unlock them. And I haven't really seen him unlock anybody for a little while right now. So until I see Josh Gaines kind of get his groove back, is he the potential to do so? Absolutely. And Derek Carr has the potential to put some numbers out, if he's allowed to kind of put those, you know, put in a system to be successful and a kind of pace to do so, Absolutely. This division is going to be locked and loaded offensively, so people are going to score points. But yep. you also you also saw them add an extra running back. You've seen them add other things. So you're going to kind of are they going to try to be a physical team and try to maybe balance it out with some of the running attack, where that's kind of become, kind of concerning of your Devontae Adams, you know, investor
1: the question that raises the my mind when you, when you go through your analysis he you just went through is how much of that was mac jones being a rookie quarterback that he didn't open it up not that these were great weapons to the patriots to begin with but they had spent a lot of money to quote unquote get better in that area so that's I do think that was you real it. quick
0: the you know sure. Brady moved on for a reason but what kind of weapons did he have and what kind of offense were they necessarily kind of pushing the ball with down the field or being aggressive with I think Josh McDaniels has kind of been conservative since that time frame. We haven't really seen, you know, we haven't really seen him ever bring it back again. This is a Super Bowl He hasn't day. had an
1: outside receiver like Devontae Adams either. But again, that goes no. back to the back and forth of what we think is going to happen here. Uh, I do want to take this to the quarterbacks because I think I have a hot take. So Rodgers last year finishes the QB 6. Derek Carr finishes as the QB 13. I'm going to go – I'm not saying Derek Carr necessarily gets the QB 6, but I'm going to essentially flip these two, I think – for 2022, that's how much of an impact of Adams leaving Green Bay and then being have, having practically no weapons. And the fact, I think Derek Carr has been an, an underrated quarterback pretty much his entire career, has never had a weapon like this on his outside. I would not be surprised if Derek Carr gets inside the top 10 going into 2022. Anthony, my crazy?
3: Um, I, I, no, I, I don't think you're crazy because Deborah Carr is probably the most underrated quarterback in football because he doesn't put up gaudy stats. Uh, his best fantasy finish was the QB 13, and that's going way back to 2016. Yeah, and that was the year that I was talking about when he had, uh, he played the 15 games and had Crabtree and, uh, and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Amari Cooper. 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 So, you yeah. know, I, I, I Devontae Adams, certainly the best receiver he's ever played with and probably will ever play with again. Uh and, and Josh McDaniel is certainly capable of dialing up an offense that's that's wide receiver and pass friendly. Hell, they play in the AFC. They're gonna have to put points up.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. The AFC West to even be more specific, which is you know, that it's like the Harlem Globetrotters of divisions right now. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Carr? Rogers flip him for twenty twenty two. I don't
0: know if I flip him, but I will definitely agree with you that I think Aaron Rodgers definitely plummets into where Derek Carr was last year. I think Derek Carr kind of I mean, moves up a, a little bit. But I think he still kind of falls in that you know, that, that borderline starting quarterback guy. Is he a Kirk Cousins type? Is he more of a, more than that? Um, you saw Matt Ryan kind of be that guy for years and years. I don't think Derek Carr is necessarily going to make his ju- dramatic jump as necessarily I think he's going to kind of seem to be a really good option to have, um, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be a guy that you can guarantee he's going to be top ten. There's a lot of good quarterback situations if you look around the league you know, in place for people like Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You go around the league, you start naming names, you start realizing. And like we talked about Miami earlier, I, there's a lot of places I like what people have done. And I don't necessarily think that Derek Carr is going to have to jump to the top of 10, you know, guaranteed because you have Devontae Adams
1: now. I just think it's interesting. This trade to me puts all the pressure on Josh Rick Daniels heading into this year, whereas the Tyreek Hill trade put all the pressure on the quarterback. It just makes Let me more me, excited. I, well, Real good. quick
0: question for you guys: Is he is he going to be the top fantasy scorer in his own division? Derek Carr. Yeah, where will he fall in his own division scoring wise as a quarterback? Oh, I mean, you know that's if a great
1: point. Does... I wouldn't put him ahead of Russell Wilson, and I'm going to have to have the conversation about a Justin Herbert. Uh, and I, I can't put him. Ahead. I I don't know. I don't know about Mahomes yet. I really I really don't. I got to see what the Chiefs do moving forward. What do you think, Anthony? Uh,
3: I, I would say I'm going to assume the Chiefs do something. I, I I would say um, I would probably put Carr ahead of I would put Wilson fourth and then Mahomes and Herbert first and second.
1: Okay, yeah, it's just and would it surprise you? Is there any order in that division that would shock you? Because I don't think there would be for me.
3: I I don't know. Me, I'm not. A, I, I would be surprised if Russell Wilson led all those quarterbacks in, in pads and fantasy scoring. I would be completely <laughs> shocked.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, he I had one,
3: what, two, a couple of good years back from 2017 on? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think you're crazy about that. It's not like he has had bad weapons throughout his entire career, right? I mean, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett just this past couple of years is nothing to sneeze at on top of it. But I, you're going to Denver. I don't think he hasn't had that many weapons. He hasn't had a young Cortland Sutton with a young Jerry <sighs> Judy with a Javante Williams I just think he's going to be able to play within himself. The one thing I will say to your point, though, of why it could be a little bit surprising he was able to overtake those other guys is because he's dealing with Nathaniel Hackett being his head coach. And it's kind of a similar question we have with Josh McDaniels and and Mike McDaniel. We have to see something change in his overall philosophy to believe he's going to play with the pace and and the spread amount offense that he would have to for Russell Wilson to overtake those other guys. Cause those other guys, I mean, say what you want. We've seen McDaniels have offenses that pass at a high volume. We know the chiefs. Well, we know the chargers. Well, we don't know that Denver will. And I do think that part of it definitely comes into play. If you're thinking about where does Russell Wilson fall into all of this? And for as much uh, praise as he gets for being a mobile quarterback, he doesn't use it that much for fantasy football purposes. If you've had Russell Wilson, you would know that. Right, Chris.
0: Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't scramble enough, but, I will ask, you know, you look at what he has kind of in place. Aaron Rodgers was pretty good fantasy the last couple of years. So that was, you know, the system, so, so to speak, that he's running, he's walking into.
1: It will be interesting to see. I want to get to the Matt Ryan Colts trade, though. So the big question right now is, are you in the camp of Matt Ryan being washed up or Matt Ryan just being on a terrible team last year in Atlanta? Last year, from a fantasy standpoint, he finished as the 20th quarterback The year before, he was QB 12. And remember, Atlanta in 2020 wasn't this great team then. They had a few extra weapons, but Holyo Jones played less than half the season. He had Calvin Ridley, and that was about it anyway. So it wasn't like he was dealing with a whole lot then, and he still was able to finish the QB 12. I'm in the camp of he's not washed. He's still a very good veteran quarterback who's going into a much better situation now with the Indianapolis Colts. Do I think he's still in that Low-end QB1, high-end QB2 territory? Yes, I do, but I think that keeps things the same for Michael Pittman. I think that keeps things the same for Jonathan Taylor, and Matt Ryan will be in that streaming conversation for me again. I don't think he's watched, but what do you think, Anthony?
3: I'm very much in on Matt Ryan to the Colts. I love the landing spot. The only other landing spot that I had Matt Ryan, because I fully believe Ryan was on the move this offseason. Whether they got to Sean or not, just because of the contract and the way the organization was going, I initially had uh, Watson to Atlanta and Ryan to the Browns, which would have made a lot of sense with the way their personnel grouping was. But the Colts just as good uh, upgrade offensive line. I, I do think they need more weapons at receiver, but you know certainly the best running game that Matt Ryan has had since the Super Bowl year. Uh, the best line, the best defense since that Super Bowl year. Um, Matt Ryan, uh, is he better than Phillip Rivers in his final year that won 11 games with the Colts at this point? Yes. Is Car- is Matt Ryan better than Carson Wentz? Absolutely. I have the Colts winning that division right now. I have Matt Ryan rejuvenating his career. I, I think the change of scenery was a must for Matt Ryan. And, you know, Matt Ryan, look what, uh, look what happened with Stafford changing teams. Look what happened with Brady. Look what happened with Peyton Manning. Not saying he's going to go on a Super Bowl run, but sometimes that when you're, when you're with the one organization for a long time, it starts getting stubby. Brady sucked his final year in New England. He looked yeah. washed. People are saying Brady was washed. Brady's not washed. He's won Super Bowls in Tampa. Matt Ryan's going to go and, and ignite this Colts team because he's the best quarterback this team has had since Andrew Luck. Even at That's 36.
0: Anthony, I hope you're right, but I, I'm not feeling the same kind of, you know, vibe towards towards Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's on the other side of the cliff. Um, I think that you can, you're basically getting Philip Rivers at the end of his career in, in Indianapolis again. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see the same offense. We've seen Frank Reich try to hide his quarterback the last couple of years, and we've seen how that kind of affects fantasy numbers. Now, what I will definitely say is it doesn't change to where he can be, a, you know, a streaming option or, like I said, a, a you know, a guy you have on your bench maybe. As an option because you're going to play Jacksonville twice. You're going to play Houston twice. So there's definitely lines up for things that, you know, you can see advantage for Matt Ryan to have some numbers and put it up. But I think to, unless they get really upgraded weapons, I have not been thrilled with their off season, particularly what they've kind of upgraded into the end position or receiver position, they haven't really done anything. Maybe the draft, they will add some more pieces. Um, it's going to be a little hard to humble of draft capital, but let's see if they do. you know, maybe Matt Ryan will have some more places, you know, pieces to kind of round them. Otherwise I think we're going to kind of see what we've seen the last few years. A quarterback who's going to throw about you know twenty five to thirty touchdowns have low interceptions hopefully because he won't have to necessarily be asked to do a lot. But fantasy wise, that's an average guy to have.
3: I have a question for both of you: um, If the Colts bring in a veteran receiver, are you bringing in bringing back Ty or are you bringing in Julio Jones?
0: Julio. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would roll
1: the dice Me with too. Julio.
0: Twice there. I mean, I think that's one thing what people are really down on once and I understand. You look at the weapons he had, Zach Pascal, T.Y. Hilton's definitely on the wrong end of his career as well. Where he definitely wasn't healthy last year either. So I mean, I look at all those different things. I think Julio Jones is the guy that you'd hope maybe has a little something left mm-hmm. in the connection there. We definitely would probably gonna try to take a chance on.
1: I think he's the only one that could have something left, because your point, Chris, Hilton wasn't able to stay healthy throughout the year. And even when he was, he just didn't look explosive. Yeah there was moments with Tennessee when Julio was out there where he did look like Julio. Now, whether he can actually put the hamstring behind him enough, exactly.
0: we're going to pull up after that Julio run. Yeah. Is. That's I don't big
1: know. He can still look like Julio Jones. So I'd rather roll the dice there. there somewhere. Yeah. I'd rather roll the dice there and then try to draft somebody else outside of that. But let's talk about Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a guy, he was already kind of an enigma, right? Because he finished tight end seven. People wanted to draft him in the top five. He didn't quite finish there. It wasn't a huge disappointment, but it it wasn't consistent because he only had one touchdown. Now Matt Ryan's gone. Marcus Mariota comes in. Obviously, he's not the guy for the long term, but he could be the guy for 2022. People are big on Kyle Pitts. They invested a lot in him in Dynasty. They're still going to be big on him heading into this season. Where does he fall in all of this? Obviously, he gets the volume. But does efficiency really change? Bring in a Marcus Mariota, Anthony?
3: Uh, I, uh, I, I'm I'm completely out on the Falcons. Uh, Marcus Mariota is a, is a bridge. He's a stopgap. I hope for the Falcons' sake they don't force a quarterback in this class because uh, you know draft people say that next year's quarterbacks class is going to be better. Uh, as far as Kyle Pitts. I, I, he's all they really have to work with right now. So by sheer volume, I think he's going to be a really good fantasy tight end. But I, I don't think we get the unlock Kyle Pitts until they bring in a competent quarterback.
1: I'm, I'm in agreement with you. How about you, Kirstie? Any comments?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not as down on Pitts at all. I'm actually really excited with the Mariota matchup. No, Blaney Walker kept his career going for quite a long time in Tennessee. Marcus, <laughs> Marcus Mariota was still throwing That's the ball. He has no problem from the tight end position. He'll continue to check it down. It starts he had, he threw the ball at Darren Waller. So I think the tight end is one guy I do not worry about in this offense.
1: <laughs> the volume, I mean, the volume could save the day when it comes to Kyle Pitts. We've got a few minutes here, and I want to try to get through as many of these as possible. So let's do rapid fire and I'm going to alternate between the two of you. So Anthony. Allen Robinson, three-year deal with the Rams. They trade away Robert Woods. Where are you at on Allen Robinson?
3: Um, You know, initially the instant reaction to it, well, they're putting a Madden team together because Robert Woods was there and they wanted to resign OBJ. Well, OBJ is still a free agent and he has now more choices. And Robert Woods is now in in Tennessee. Allen Robinson becomes the easy number two in this offense, Easy quarterback upgrade, the best quarterback he has ever played with, and we've seen Allen Robinson put up really good numbers and not so much. I think we're finally going to see who Allen Robinson is with the Rams and Matthew Stafford, so I'm definitely buying it.
1: Kind of like Matt Ryan, there's a lot of question about is he washed or was he just unmotivated last season? I'm in the camp of he's going to do very well with the Rams, and I think he's going to be in the wide receiver three, if not low in wide receiver two conversation at least. At least. Uh, Chris, Robert Woods, he gets traded to the Tennessee Titans. Rings bells of Corey Davis in my mind with pairing up with A.J. Brown. What's your reaction, Robert Woods, going to Tennessee?
0: I know a lot of people are going to be down on Robert Woods, and Lurain's been seeing well, how healthy he will be. But let's let's say he's going to be healthy and he's going to be I, out just there. Just an
1: update on that, real quick. The reports right now are the expectation is that he'll be in there, ready, fully to go by training camp.
0: Yeah, and I'm just, so I'm probably I feel like I'm the contrarian on this show today, but I'm an, I'm big on this move because I think Ryan Tannehill loves this slot receiver. Don't forget, Jarvis Landry kind of made his hay back in Miami because Ryan Tannehill loved throwing to him. AJ Brown will get fed. But what we, were, we remember last year, look at some of the slot receivers that people were having on their roster. Uh, Westbrook or Keenan, um, I forget the other guy, Marcus Johnson. Took, they were, look, Adam Humphreys a couple of years ago. He likes to throw to his slot receiver. Todd Downing throws to a slot receiver more than Arthur Smith did in a lot of ways. So you put those factors into play. I think this is a nice little you know, kind of underlying move for them. Robert Woods is a really good route runner. And, you know, Dan was really big on him last year for the Rams. And we kind of talked about, you know, Albert Robinson's role. I think Robert Woods is gonna be one of those guys that he's not gonna necessarily be, you know, a top-top guy, but he's probably one of those receiver threes that you have on your team that you're gonna be able to throw in there week a couple weeks here or there and be kind of happy with what you get. Don't forget, once again, the division they play in.
1: He's a wide receiver three that I think you're gonna be able to draft in double-digit rounds. I think Robert Woods is a real chance to be a sleeper heading into next season. And he helps AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill, he helps Derrick Henry. Anthony, let's get back to you. I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to go to the next one. Leonard Fournette re-signs with the Bucs. He was the RB7 overall last year. The Bucs have a little bit of a challenge in front of them. They don't know exactly when they're going to have Chris Godwin and all that. But where are you at on Leonard Fournette now that he's re-signing with Tampa Bay and no Ronald Jones in the way?
3: All in on Leonard Fournette, Uh, you know, ever since Leonard Fournette has come to Tampa, you know, especially at the talent of 2020, when Rojo went down and we saw the emergence of of playoff Lenny and then he had his run last year up until his injury. uh, Leonard Fournette has rejuvenated his career. I believe he showed his loyalty to Brady and the Buccaneers by re-signing there. He also knows they're probably the only team that he has a three-down role with, and they're going to exploit his pass-catching skill set, uh, 69 receptions, 454 yards as a receiver, another 811 on the ground, uh, career-high 4.5 yards per carry, and, and 10 total scores. I mean, you have to put I, – I listen, I hope the fantasy community continues to disrespect Leonard Fournette so I can get him out of value.
1: Now, I'm, I'm going to be right there with you, so you're not going <laughs> to get me to disrespect him because volume's the name of the game. We've Brady's already proven he'll give ball to Can Leonard Fournette from hell high you last year,
3: people were drafted like James Conner, Leonard Fournette in the eighth round?
1: Like, yeah, I know. It, it seems like we're we're all idiots. That's, that's what it comes down to. We're all idiots, apparently. Chris, last one to you before we close this thing up. We didn't talk about it too much during the Tyreek Hilt trade. Juju Smith-Schuster on the Chiefs now. Where are you at?
0: So, let me first say Leonard, Smith saved his career, Leonard Fournette saved his career, I should say, by staying yeah. in Tampa Bay. Um, but yeah, uh, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry.
1: Juju Smith-Schuster, where are you at on him now? He's with the Chiefs.
0: Yeah. Um, I'd struggle with Juju because the volume should be there. He should be one of the guys who, you know, should be we talk about Byron Pringle kind of usage at, towards the end of the season and had become somebody that Patrick Mahomes liked to use. I just never seen a guy have such a dramatic drop off that I saw for Juju. Now I know Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, arm is definitely questionable, but I also saw a guy who could do nothing break anything. I mean, I never saw a guy catch more seven yard catches and do nothing with the ball afterwards. So I don't know if Juju's, you know, a 45-year-old man strapped in the 25-year-old body. Um, mm-hmm. because I'm not really I'm not really understanding exactly what happened to him. Now hopefully he can get rejuvenated. But with the last two years, three years we haven't really seen explosive Juju. So is he a guy who can kind of get volume? Yes, PPR purposes, but I mean half point PPR or standard leagues, I'm still kind of jury remains out remains out for me.
1: I think that's why they signed into a one-year contract so that they could move on if they had to, because I think there is a real question of what do you have in that tank? That's all we have time for guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the MD's fantasy football show. We'll be back next week with that coaching changes, fantasy impact at 9 PM on Wednesday night. Like we always are subscribe to us on our YouTube channel and check us out on our favorite podcast app. Anthony, where can people find you?
3: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Real NFL Guru, but of course, most of my content over at FFAsoft and FFAsoft dot com. Uh, I also do a lot of work over at the Game Day NFL.
1: Excellent. He's an excellent follow. Make sure you guys follow him along and consume any content that he has. He's a smart guy. We'll see you guys again next week. Everybody, take care.